friends, and welcome back to Doable Discipleship, a Satellite Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as my friend Linda loves to call it. It's the show that helps you grow. It is. We're part of the Saddleback uh, family of podcasts, so make sure to be uh, checked out and subscribed to our other podcasts on the network, The Well, Found, Lead with Worship, Drive Time Devotions, all those goodies. And uh, today, we are super excited to welcome... Stacy Wood with us. Stacy, how are you doing today? Great. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you. So Stacy and Andy are the new leaders of Saddleback. It's been, I think at this point when this episode goes out, it'll be like a month mm-hmm. since, yeah. uh, since that transition has officially happened. So how's your first month been? Oh, it's, it's a wild ride. <laughs> it's great though. It's so exciting. I just feel like there's so much excitement in the air and um, we have had so many people just come up to us on the patio or after service and say um, how excited they are for this new Mm -hmm. season. And Mm -hmm. I can feel that. I can feel that God's doing a new thing. And um, so we're really just fired up to be here. Thankful to have this chance. Yeah, that's so, it's so exciting. So we wanted to use this opportunity as kind of a getting to know you. We did this a couple of weeks ago with, with Andy. So um, I'll, I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. So if you didn't get to hear that, you're welcome to go back in and listen to our getting to know you with Andy. And we're excited to do that again with you, Stacy. So I wanted to just start by just uh, asking a little bit about your testimony. What was, what was your upbringing like? And when did you go all in for Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So I was really blessed to be raised in a Christian family Mm. and my parents are both followers of Jesus and very committed to their faith. My dad actually was a pastor while I grew up. And so I grew up in the same church from the time I was three years old until I went to college and um, just had a great, very solid foundation of faith and people around me, a wonderful church. Um, So I prayed to ask Jesus to be my savior. I I started to understand what the gospel meant, probably in first grade. And I had already been asking questions for a long time. And one of my big motivators was I wanted to take the Lord's Supper. And I was not allowed (laughs) to have the crackers. You're like, wait a second. (laughs) Until I was a follower of Jesus. So I was very motivated. And uh, no, but I I think that there was a moment where I just kind of understood the significance of eternity and what it meant to have um, just that assurance that when this life is over, that I will be with God and Mm. um, have Jesus my savior. And so that was pretty early for me in first grade. And Um, I would say that it was a genuine experience of salvation, although like an immature form of faith um, because I was young. And so as I continued to grow, I was just invested in by a lot of people, um, Sunday school teachers and Mm -hmm. my parents. And then um, my faith continued to grow little by little. And then when I got into middle school was when the first time I went to like a student camp mm-hmm. and that was very transformational for me to mm. go to this camp and to see people that were not just telling me Bible stories, but like really talking about life change and yeah. how my life could be used to make a difference on my middle school campus. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I caught that fire and yeah. just like the heart of worship and just uh, wanting to dive in with um, head first into this relationship with God. And I feel like that that was when my faith really became personal. It became my own. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just my parents' faith that I had learned. Um, and so 
at that point, I, I got a heart for my friends, and I wanted to like invite them to church and to see God do something special on my campus. And, um, and so I continued to grow my faith throughout middle school and high school. And thankfully, I mean, I had so many amazing people invest in me. I'm just very blessed. Um, I, I can remember this one lady when I was in seventh grade named Melanie Neese. Mm. And she would, she was my Sunday school teacher and she took me and like three other middle school girls to her house every wow. Thursday night. And she would teach us how to read our Bible and how to have That's a quiet amazing. time. Mm. And so I just, I had such a strong foundation I, and I've realized that that's not everyone's story, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm very thankful for that. And I feel like that just layer by layer, year after year, my faith has, um, has just grown up and been like solidified. And so, yeah, throughout high school and college, um, just started to pour back into ministry mm-hmm. um, and started when I was in high school, investing in middle school students. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in college, Andy and I met, and that's when we were, um, we started working with a, a student ministry mm-hmm. at a church there at our college. And so. Where was this all taking place, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah. th- uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in South Carolina. Okay. And um, Columbia, uh-huh. and then went to college in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. That's where you met Andy. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I met Andy. We call it the center of the universe because that's where we met. <laughs> that is completely reasonable. <laughs> it's a great city if you've never been. <laughs> I uh, have not been. <laughs> so what does your daily walk with Jesus look like now? Like what are your spiritual practices that you regularly engage in? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. I So every morning, my pattern is first thing when I wake up to mm-hmm. do time alone with Jesus. And mm-hmm. I mean, I savor that time. Yeah. It's such a, um, it feels like such an invitation from God for me to like, he's waiting for me when mm-hmm. I get up. He wants mm-hmm. to spend time with me. He wants to speak to me. And it's just such a um, privilege, I think, yeah. to feel like the God of the universe who is in charge of all things cares about speaking to me and spending time with me. Yeah. So I love that time when I, I do it right when the, in the morning when the, my, my heart is just still and calm. Mm-hmm. And um, I find that that's when I can connect most, um, like fully engage in my, just my conversation with God, listening to him, reading his word, letting him speak to me, journaling out what my thoughts are, mm-hmm. what my prayers are. Sometimes I wake up with a heavy heart, mm-hmm. um, something's going on in my life, and and I'll spend the majority of the time journaling my prayers yeah. and just trying to get out that heaviness, whatever it is in my heart. Um, other times I will spend the majority of my time reading scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, right now what I'm doing is I'm going through the Bible in one year on YouTube, I mean, not on YouTube, on version yeah. Bible app. Um, there's, um, Nikki Gumbel, um, who leads alpha and Mm -hmm, HTB, mm -hmm. he has a Bible in one year program and there's like the scripture reading and a devotional that goes with it. And so I read that in the mornings and, um, and then I listen to Nikki read the devotional Mm -hmm. that he's written that goes along, corresponds with it. And what I try to do is when I read a passage of scripture, I just kind of underline things that are standing out to me that day. And I will often try to pick out one verse uh, in particular that really grabs my attention that day. And I'll write it in my journal and I'll write down my reflections upon that verse, maybe how Mm -hmm. I can apply it to my life that day. 
And, um, and so that's very helpful to me. One other thing that I really love that's kind of apart from my time alone with Jesus in the morning Mm -hmm. is one day of the week I set aside a Sabbath. And that's like a cornerstone habit for me. It's the thing that keeps me sane Mm -hmm. um, because Mm -hmm. most weeks I am like running on empty by the end of the week. Mm -hmm. And I'm an introvert and I'm just in this season, I'm not getting enough time to myself. I'm just always with people. And so I am just running on empty by the time every week my Sabbath comes around. And so I am very intentional to not let that become a day that I'm doing my chores or that I'm running my errands, but that I am literally stopping and I'm not doing work and I am just enjoying God. I'm enjoying my relationship Mm -hmm. with my husband, my Mm -hmm. kids. I'm doing things that delight me, that refuel my soul. And so like just stuff that I look forward to, like getting a boba tea or like sitting by the lake and having Mm -hmm. a bowl of acai or like things that I just take delight in reading a book. I don't, I don't have a ton of time to read in this season of life, but I love to read. And (laughs) so I'll sit by the lake and just read for an hour. And so my Sabbath is something that I really try to protect. Mm -hmm. And um, it is such a gift from God that allows us is, humans, the way that he created us to, to replenish our soul and to be refreshed and rejuvenated and and in right relationship with him and other people as we head back into the next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned journaling too. How has that been impactful for you as a spiritual practice? Yeah. I love to journal. It's been super helpful. Most of my journal is prayer and, um, Mm. for me, it helps to focus my thoughts in prayer because prayer can be a time when our mind wanders a lot Um, and it can, prayer can feel defeating if you're like, okay, I'm setting aside this time to pray, but then you realize five minutes later, like you're thinking about something completely different and and you feel so (laughs) defeated by it. Um, So for me, I've had that experience a lot. So journaling keeps my mind focused Mm -hmm. on what am I praying about and, and helping me even just to process what is going on in my heart. Mm -hmm. um, What am I struggling with? and allowing me to have a space to reflect on that Mm -hmm. and to get it out. And as I am the practice of writing, um, I feel like God meets me right there and, and I can, I can like see my thoughts beginning to shift, Mm -hmm. um, from like these anxious thoughts or confused thoughts that are suddenly like having more peace and suddenly having more clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, he'll, God will bring like scripture to mind that I know. And so I'll, I'll write down a reference to a verse or something like that. And so I just, I feel like for me, not everyone loves to journal. Um, I don't feel like it's one of those spiritual practices that everyone must engage in right for me it's been super helpful um because it's a way for me to process what's going on internally Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, so yeah i engage in it most days i I think it always helps especially for journaling i think it's something that people hear about a lot and and it's kind of like yeah i don't get it like i don't i don't get why i would do that but so for people to hear Mm -hmm. how it it can be impactful how it can help in certain ways in in your case helps to focus Like uh, that's something that people can relate to. Oh, I have trouble with focusing. Maybe I should try writing down my prayer, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Another thing I do with a, um, that's super simple, but it's really been transformative. I started it during COVID is a gratitude journal and I, it's not written out in sentence form. It's just bullet points. And every day I try to add three new bullet points Mm. in my gratitude journal three things I was thankful for about yesterday. 
And it causes me to be reflective and to pick up the blessings along the way that like God is showing up throughout every one of our days Mm -hmm. in all kinds of big and small ways. But a lot of times we're just moving so fast that we miss it. And so for me, um, having that time to, to pick up the blessings and to notice and write it down, it like helps me not to lose it. Yeah, two weeks ago we did an, an interview, or I should say we did an episode on gratitude, and we did an interview with a guy named Kevin Monroe, who is a gratitude consultant. Really? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's cool. his job. He goes to companies so and in cool. different places, and he helps he helps them do these gratitude exercises uh-huh. to help people try to live each day with this sense of of gratitude and 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 start from a place of gratitude. And um, so yeah, it's 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 nice to hear about the gratitude journal. It's another way to be, you know, incorporating that in your yeah, life. That's so good. I wanted to ask you, how have you seen God work through your strengths and work through your weaknesses? Wow. Okay. So for my strengths, I would say, um, I just did a, I got to do a life plan for the first time ever. That was super cool. A guy named Doug Slayball helped walk, walk Andy and I through this life yeah. planning process. And um, we, we kind of put some language to what are we good at? What are we not good at? Mm-hmm. What is our, um, what is God putting in our heart that we need to give expression to? And so he helped give language to a few things that I am good at, which one thing is hospitality. I love mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. people in our home. I love to make people feel seen yeah. and appreciated and that they're thought of. And so when, when I have an opportunity to gather people around my table or in my backyard, it, I, I love to do that. Um, and then with another one is kind of related to that is the idea of shepherding people. Mm-hmm. And I like to have deeper conversations mm-hmm. and just the people that are close to me in my life to really draw out what's going on inside of them and wh- how they're doing um, spiritually and kind of helping people take next steps in a more relational format. The, the gift that, or the strength that a lot of people see is, um, when I'm on stage mm-hmm. and I'm teaching. Um, so that, that is another gift. That's probably my only upfront gift mm-hmm. actually though. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. and so I, I do love to teach and to inspire life change. The one thing I'm super passionate about is helping people to feel like the word of God is accessible to them. That the Bible is a book that can actually help them. It can Mm -hmm. come alive to them. It's not this ancient book that's hard to understand. It is that. It it can be that. (laughs) Um, It it is an old ancient book that is sometimes hard to understand, but it also is applicable to today. And it is something that we can gain strength from on a daily basis. And Mm -hmm. so I have a huge passion to make the word of God come alive to people. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of where my teaching focus is, is like helping the Bible come alive and to realize this can help me this week. Um, But man, I have a ton of weaknesses. (laughs) Okay. So those are my strengths. Basically everything else is a weakness. And um, so I, Like Andy, I think a lot of people think that I'm a really strong leader because I'm connected to Andy. Mm -hmm. I'm actually not. I don't have like strategic. I'm not a visionary. I don't like to be in charge of leading a team. Um, It makes me feel all out of sorts. It makes me feel nervous. You're like, wait a second. I'm not, this is not not good. This is not what I'm gifted at. And and so sometimes I get thrown in those positions because I'm connected to Andy. And I think that it's just a... um, 
sometimes like God does put us in places that make us feel uncomfortable and aren't even in the way that we're shaped and wired to lead. Mm-hmm. And, and we just need to stretch and to be yeah. able to fill the gap for a minute. But um, I don't think that long term, that's the kind of position that I want to end up in. And so I think one thing is my weaknesses have taught me is it's okay to be honest about yeah. what you are not good at. And mm-hmm. just to say, you know what, I really don't want to be in charge of like leading a team or like being the one that's supposed to provide vision because I just don't feel like that's how God shaped me to, to lead or to, right. to serve. The, another thing I'm not good at is, um, like administration and like I'm horrible at email and I apologize to anyone listening to this podcast <laughs> if you have emailed me and not received a response because that's very likely. Um, but I think one thing are that my weaknesses and all of our weaknesses just keep bringing to the forefront of our mind is that man we depend on the favor of God Absolutely. and we we are not enough in and of ourselves. We have so many gaps mm-hmm. in in who we are and. And so I think that that is such a great reminder because it, re- it reminds us of our dependency mm-hmm. on God mm-hmm. and that it's not about like how awesome of a leader I am or my capacity or I, my ability to pull something off. It's like, no, I, I know. I know <laughs> that I have a lot of weaknesses and it is just reminding me, God, I need you. I need you to show up in my life today and help me. Because I, I can't do this without you. Yeah, there's almost freedom in that to be mm. able to just say, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And to not feel like you have to or that you have to muster it even when it's not your gifting or you're not your shape. It's like, no, Jesus, I need you to show up right now. Otherwise, this is not happening. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's also not a surprise to God. He's like, I know. Right. <laughs> I and, made you. And normally everyone else around you knows too. <laughs> right. 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 So, so I feel like sometimes we try to hide our weaknesses. Like we're, we're fooling everybody. Yeah, we're not. No. 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 I mean, they are very aware <laughs> yeah. of our weaknesses. He's like, I know the admin thing. That's why I have joy helping you. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, she's amazing. He's good that way. So what has been your prayer in this new season of life and ministry? What are you talking to Jesus about? So much. So much. So much. (laughs) So when we... um, when we first started these conversations with Saddleback, I've told this all, uh, in all kinds of formats, but I was just completely blindsided yeah. by all of this and not at all ready to consider that, yes, this is the plan that God has for our lives. And so honestly, back in March, when these conversations started, um, which was six months ago now, at yeah. the time of this recording, um, I was waking up every single night. I could not mm. sleep through the night. I could fall asleep. But then around two or three in the morning, I would wake up yeah. and I would be awake for about two hours and I would just be pouring my heart out to God. Sure. Um, whether it was on my knees beside my bed or on in my journal um, or wh- whatever, even just laying there in bed, like talking to God some, some nights and just saying, God, what are you doing here? What, where are you at work? What are you saying to me? Mm-hmm. And just like seeking direction for, sure. for our lives. And and so that was just like, a, you know, how sometimes you just go through those seasons where you feel so desperate for mm-hmm. the voice of God to speak mm-hmm. to you clearly. Mm-hmm. And that was just a, a season of desperation. And right now I feel like we're here and, and God clearly directed us here. And so the things that I am praying about a lot right now is that God would give me wisdom for this new role in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for me in particular as a wife and a mom and yeah. a, a pastor here at Saddleback now, 
what is, God, what does that look like? What yeah. does success in your eyes look like for my life? Mm. And I want, um, you know, I always want my first priority in, in addition to my relationship with Jesus to be my family. Mm-hmm. And so what does it look like for me to show up as a wife and a mom right now, mm-hmm. especially for my kids, because mm-hmm. this transition has been so hard on them. Sure. And sure. so how can I be present for them, even with all the added demands that are, are being placed around me? Um, like, how can I make sure that they know and feel that they're mm-hmm. my priority? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, um, just giving me wisdom to understand um, the ministry of Saddleback. It's just mm-hmm. so amazing and beautiful what's been built here. It's very expansive. There's so much to learn. <laughs> and I feel like every day I'm learning like, oh, I didn't know we did that. Oh, I didn't know we had that <laughs> Surprise. building. And, yeah. and so I'm like learning so much right now. And I just feel this deep need for wisdom um, mm-hmm. as to what is my role in and stepping into this organization, this church, this family, mm-hmm. and how can I um, most honor God um, in this new this new season? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. One of the things in the different times when I've gotten to hear you speak so far is you have a passion for the next generation, mm-hmm. and I've just I've heard that in just several different spaces. And it feels like following Jesus is feeling harder and harder as our culture splinters and divides and believers find themselves polarized and definitely in the minority. So how would you encourage those next generation Jesus followers? And then maybe how would you encourage the parents who are trying to raise them? That's great. I do love the next gen so much. And Gen Z Gen Alpha, who are just the kids, right? They're the little ones right now coming up. But okay. Gen, Gen Z is like the teenagers, even mm-hmm. heading into the young 20s. And mm-hmm. man, as a as a church, that we have to always be about reaching the next yeah. generation. That And so many times in the Bible, it talks about passing on mm-hmm. your faith mm-hmm. and the faithfulness of God to the next generation. And so how can we make the faithfulness of God feel relevant to this next generation. If you're listening to this podcast and you would be in that age demographic, I would just say to you, um, man, one of the most important things that's going to be defining about your life are the five people that are closest to you. Mm. Um, your friends that are closest to you, those people that are investing in you, who you allow in to invest in your life, those voices, those five voices that are that are most influential um, in in your life that you're spending the most time with, those people, if you if you just held up your hand and you put a name to every one of your fingers of these are the five people I'm spending the most time with, these are the five voices that I'm allowing myself to listen to the most, you will become shaped to to look like those people. Mm. You will they will have an enormous influence on who you become as a person. And so I would just say to you to be intentional about who you allow those five people to be and to to be picky. Uh, mm. Don't just allow anyone to have that level of influence in the making of who you are and to decide with a little foresight, like who do I want to become and how do I gather those types of people around me that will help me to step in that direction? The decisions that you're making now in your teens and in your young 20s, they, they literally are shaping the rest of your life, the trajectory of who you're going to become. And so it's not insignificant. You're not, 
these are not years to just um, trivialize. Like these are mm, significant so moments good. in your life. And so be intentional about the people that you're allowing to influence you. And then for parents, kind of piggybacking on that is to think, how can I get the best people around mm. my kids? How can I find people, find friendships for them that will be life-giving and to find mentors that will love my kids and want to invest in them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for, for me, I'm a church girl and I would say, get your kids in church all the time. Like it's not an optional activity. Like this yeah. is what we do. This is who our family is. We're going to church. Yeah. And if you don't have friends there yet, I'm really sorry. We can either bring your friends with us or you're going to make friends once you get there, but we're I going to that. church. And so it's not optional. We're not arguing about this every week. You can expect it. You're going to church. And I think that having like here at Saddleback, the, the next gen team is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And there are so many amazing men and women that are investing in our students here and our kids. And I, so I would just say, man, if, you're not, if your student is not plugged in right now, you are missing out on, a, on an incredible opportunity for them to be loved on and known and seen by people who are trying to instill the same types of values in them that you want as a parent. And so get them into the church. And then also practically with friends, for example, um, recently our son wanted to go to a friend's house that we had not yet met. It was mm -hmm. a friend from school. And I mean, the kid might've been a great kid. I don't know because I've never met the kid. But Andy and I, we were like, well, you know, we haven't met him, we haven't met his parents. And so we're not super comfortable with that. But here's what we can do. We can invite these five friends over to our house mm -hmm. These are great kids that Andy and I love. Um, they're a part of Saddleback. And we were like, let's invite them over here. We have a neighborhood pool. You guys can hang out. We'll buy pizza. We'll, you know, we'll do, we'll, we'll do all the fun things. And, and so I would say as a parent, you do whatever you can to get those types of kids that you want your kid to become like, get them in your life and, and go over the top to, mm -hmm. to be the fun house and to, um, <laughs> To, but not just to like give your kids whatever they want to be the fun house, but very intentionally creating a space where um, your kid can grow into the type of kid that the type of adult that you want them to become. I want to stay with the parenting thing a bit. <laughs> I haven't told Linda this, but I think I want to do a parenting series oh. coming up in the fall. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But I wanted to get <laughs> get some just just some uh, thoughts from you. What are some ways that you would encourage, or I should say, what are some ways that you intentionally show your kids how you love them? Mm, that's a great question. I think that for a, a kid, it's like all individualized mm -hmm. because even though I have three kids, they never forget that they're individuals. <laughs> Sometimes I lump them together like the kids, but no, they're, they see themselves as one. And, um, I ask because I'm selfish. I have a four-year-old, okay. a two-year-old and a one-month-old. Oh, and wow. so I'm wanting to, you know, I'm asking for me. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, every season it's like so specific too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I remember when our kids were your kid's age mm -hmm. and just, um, Andy being pretty intentional about, you know, taking the boys out on Saturday mornings yeah. to do donuts with dad or something like that. And, just having like a couple hours and, and it, it feels insignificant almost because they, um, 
it's not like you're going to have a meaningful conversation with a three-year-old, sure. <laughs> but just that time is like yeah. such an investment. And so as our kids have gotten older and their interests have diversified more, sure. um, it's like, okay, what is meaningful to them? Neither of our boys are like much on talking. They are like, <laughs> they, they're really hard to get anything meaningful out of their hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, Gonna pry you open. With yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they, they're just like, especially my middle son, he's just a man of few words. And so mm-hmm. you're like always wondering what, what's really going on in there. But if you can do something with him, yes. that's just like shoulder to shoulder activity. Yep, that's powerful. That's like, yeah. And it's like, he doesn't feel forced to uh-huh. talk, but it's still a meaningful investment. It like, it's a, it's a deposit into mm-hmm. the relationship. So each of our kids have different interests. Like Cayman would love it if Andy would just sit down and watch a football game with him. And, yeah. Um, see Which he should choose the Chargers. Oh, he yeah. hasn't yet. <laughs> I, I talked to him about this. He needs to choose the Chargers. Anyway. <laughs> there is a poll on Instagram. I yes, saw I saw that. Yeah. I, saw. I voted. <laughs> yeah, did you vote? Um, so, yeah, he... Um, and then Sammy's like super into cars. So if Andy oh, takes cool. him to a mm-hmm. car show or Karis likes to do all kinds of things, she has a lot of interests. But if, you know, like even if Andy will do like a tea party with her. Or yeah. For like sure. That, like just silly things. Like it's just showing that individualized Absolutely. That individual kid. Like I see you. Mm-hmm. I know that you're important enough to me to get on the calendar. Yeah. And um, like I'm going to invest that time. And I mean, Quality time, yes, but quantity time is important with, mm-hmm. with kids. Mm-hmm. And you can't really schedule quality time. It yeah. just takes a lot of quantity time. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> little bits of quality time mixed into all the all the time you spend. When you were talking about shoulder to shoulder activities, I was thinking about the fact that I learned more about one of my kids through playing Minecraft. And I'm not good at Minecraft, yeah. but so shoulder to shoulder, yeah. just Nor watching. do I have a real interest in mine. <laughs> no, it was not my but, thing. But I'm interested in my kid. <laughs> exactly. And that's because then there's no pressure on the conversation. It's just like we're talking and playing video games. And then I learn things. Yeah. So it was like, okay. Yeah, it's just a so, point of connection. Exactly. And I think um, that connection, that, that fun time, the laughing, mm-hmm. all those things build trust in yeah. the relationship. And when there's trust, then your relationship it's just able to flourish mm-hmm. and when there's not trust, when there's, when it's just all negative interactions, then yeah, the, the relationship is diminished. Yeah, or if they only get your attention when they're in trouble, mm-hmm. then yeah. that's, that causes a different set of issues. For sure it does. So mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to, so the, as a way to wrap up this part of the conversation, and then I, I already told you in advance, there's going to be a rapid fire part of the conversation. I wanted to ask, what is your life verse and why is it meaningful for you? Yeah, I was trying to think about that. I, um, I would say I have a lot of different verses yeah. that uh, stand out to me at different times. Right now, a verse that I love a lot is in Jeremiah 17, um, verses seven and eight. And it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Mm-hmm. He'll be like a tree planted by water that sends its roots by the stream it doesn't fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worry of a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. And I, I love those verses because it just, especially during this season of transition where it feels like everything in my life has been uprooted yeah. and everything has changed. I love this concept of a tree that is planted. Mm-hmm. And it's not just 
it's not just planted in the middle of a forest. It's planted by a stream of water mm-hmm. and the roots are going down into the stream. So it's never lacking for water. It's never lacking for nourishment. Mm-hmm. And so that tree is always bearing fruit in every season. It bears fruit, whether it's a dry season, mm-hmm. whether it's a hard season, whether the wind has blown a lot, like that tree can always bear fruit because it's planted. It's roots go down deep. And, um, I just, I think that the verse says right there that like who, whoever trusts in the Lord and whose confidence is, mm-hmm. is in him, that's, that's the kind of person that they'll become is the tree that's planted. Yeah. And so I feel like that's what I've needed in the season is a sense of stability yeah. that my trust in the Lord, my confidence in him is the thing that keeps me so rooted and stable when everything around me is shifted. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Just let that sit for a minute. And again, and because it's so true, if, if I'm sure there are people listening who find themselves in seasons of transition or in uncertainty and to talk about, you know, where your firm roots lie, that anchoring kind of feel. Yes. It's so it's, it's, it's important and it's powerful because that's what you can go back to. That's what you can rely on. Mm-hmm. You, you can rely on the fact that God is with you, that God is never changing. Right. And you can rely on that your relationship with him is secure and firm. And um, even though everything around you might be changing, mm-hmm. he's still there and he's walking with you in it. So yes. I love that. Absolutely. Okay. How on a scale of one to 10, how scared are you for the rapid fire section? No, I'm pretty scared actually. <laughs> Cause I like to have time to think ahead and they have given me no advance. I did not give you guys. anything no on the rapid fires, which is cause I want to hear the ins. I want to hear the, you know, just the first thing that comes to your okay. head on these things. Okay. Most of these are like favorite thing, you know, okay, that kind of okay. stuff. Okay. <laughs> rapid fire question. Number one. Yes. Favorite book. Mm, okay. Wow. I'll have to, See, the thing I don't like about rapid fire is I, I want to give like a thoughtful <laughs> answer. I want to actually say something that, that is true and meaningful. Uh, well, I'll just tell you right now, the one I'm reading, yeah, because please. that's the first one that comes to mind, is I'm reading a, a book called Revival Fire. Okay. And um, the author's name, it starts with a, the last name is, starts with a D. I think it's Dewell or something like this. But it's... Um, it is talking about these different revivals that have happened throughout history. And man, it's like really making me excited, like expectant about, come on, God, let's do it again. Let's see a movement of your spirit like this. And Mm -hmm. so it just makes me hungry to see God move in such fresh ways. So, um, yeah, his name's Wesley Dwell. Thank you, Joy. See, Joy's amazing. I know. (laughs) Shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Joy. (laughs) Now, you know, again, this is a side, side, is there a, is there a book? And again, it's okay to say, I'm not sure I know. Is there a book that you would encourage everyone to read that you've read before that you're like, everyone should read this? The first book that came to my mind is Divine Mentor, Divine Mm. Mentor by Wayne Cordero. And he, um, so when I was talking about the way I study the Bible, um, that is actually his method called the SOAP method. Yeah. And um, he outlines how to use the Bible as like a mentoring session. So the mm. different authors of the Bible um, are investing in you I just like a mentor that. would. And then you take the scripture and you, you write down what you observe about yep. it and how you're going to apply it to your life and you pray through it. And, um, and so that's kind of, how I study the Bible. Um, and so I would definitely recommend divine mentor. I love that. Mm-hmm. I remember when I visited his church in Hawaii, right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they give lays to all of the new people. Aww. So I got it, you know, mm. anyway, <laughs> that's my memory of that. Um, <laughs> number two, favorite movie. 
Mm. I really like um, I really like true stories. Okay, those are my that's my favorite genre of oh, movies. Cool. Um, so anything like one movie. I also like Mind Twisters, like the Bourne series. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, like Jason Bourne. I, I loved all those movies. There is, but like if it has to do with spies or um, history, um, people's life stories that are mm-hmm. like they've lived a courageous life somehow, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, there is a movie called, um, oh gosh, what was it called? Oh, also, Andy really likes all the Liam Neeson movies. They're all the same. They are. <laughs> I was going to say, Andy's answer was Gladiator. That okay. was his answer. Yeah, so we do watch, like, if Liam Neeson comes out with a new movie, we You're like, oh, are going to watch it. Actually, we talked about that, too. He yeah. talked about Liam Neeson movies, because we, we talked about Nonstop and uh, Unknown and you know, all those Liam Neeson movies. Yeah, so I think I end up watching those types of movies with him. <laughs> um, they, it's good. It just kind of, like, your mind just goes. Yeah. But, um <laughs> I was I was thinking of this one movie. I think it's called Breach, where it was talking about. Um, did you see that movie? Where A Chris Cooper and, and um, yeah, where it, it's about the it's about the guy who worked for the CIA, the CIA, who was a mole the whole time, uh, a spy for yeah, yeah, yeah for Russia. And so I, um, it was really Chris Cooper and Ryan Felipe. Wow, wow that's pretty good that you could call those names. movies is my thing. Yeah, <laughs> is it really? Yeah. So I remember watching that movie and like I like true stories, and then I always have to go and like Google the right. whole story. Like, what's and, the real yeah, story? And, exactly. So I'm like, re- I'm nerding uh-huh. out. I'm supposed to be asleep at night after watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm and like, then you're like, I'm on my phone like reading on Wikipedia. I feel that. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that movie messed with me though because he was in solitary confinement 23 hours a day yep. or something, and so every. Every time I would think about him, I'm like, he's still just sitting there. <laughs> still, still. Even still now, there. right there. <laughs> What's trippy is when you get into the podcasts about all these real people, and oh, then you start going yeah, down that rabbit hole. Rabbit that's trail. I don't encourage that no. because that's a whole nother, we don't. <laughs> it's a whole nother rabbit hole. Uh, favorite food? Ooh, right now, probably acai. Yeah. But I, um, man, I'm a, I love good food. I don't like junk food though. I'm mm. kind of like a, um, so like we can be friends. Yes. I know. That's so Linda. She's yeah. yeah. I, but uh, good food, whole food, mm-hmm. um, food that's made well. I am like, Oh yes. yes. I like all varieties too. I really like ethnic foods. Mm-hmm. So, um, favorite ethnic food. Ooh, gosh. How can you? How can you choose? choose? Gosh, you can't choose. It's so good. I know. I just I like it all. Like I had I had this enchilada on Friday night that like was out of this world good. And then, but I like Thai food. Mm-hmm. I, I like. Um, That's my wife's thing. She's all about Thai food. Really? Yeah. yeah. If you find a good food, a good place for Thai food around here, let us know because we've kind of been through all of them. And well, you know kinda, what? I'm. It's kind of hard coming from the Bay Area. I was going to say, you yeah. get a lot. <laughs> because we had my sister. My sister lives in San Francisco. Yeah. We had her bring down Thai food for Did us you? a couple of weeks ago when <laughs> <Yeah>. she came. <laughs> because I tell you what, any type of food you want, like ethnic food, you're going to find it in the Bay Area. Yep. So our son's from Ethiopia. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we, every year on his gotcha day, we go get Ethiopian food as a family. It's like a tradition. Mm. We had to drive all the way up to like Anaheim. Yeah, I was just going to ask, did you find any around here? No, not anywhere close. Yeah, I saw it on your Insta. It was like up in Garden Grove or something. Yeah, so it was worth the drive. It was really good food Mm. and the owner was awesome. But uh, yeah, that was like one thing. I was like, oh, all the ethnic food. You have to drive for it now. (laughs) That is so true. Um, Okay, favorite music? 
well, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of boring in this regard in that I basically only listen to Christian worship That's music. what Andy said, too. Uh, <laughs> like Maverick City and yep. yeah. um, lots of, like, um, I don't know, just, like, all different kinds of worship music, Elevation and um, Hillsong and... But uh, yeah, I definitely really am loving Maverick City right now, Bethel, all of that. But if I had like a little, we go. a little we go. under the cover, like pet, yes. pet favorite, it would have to be country. Because okay. I'm from South Carolina. I was going to yeah. say, that's got to be in the blood. It is. And so, especially when I'm with my sister, because mm. um, we grew up listening to country music together. And so we have a shared country music playlist that we will listen to and um, and I That's like awesome. to play it loud and sing it loud. That's I, good. That is awesome. Yeah. I grew up in a country household, so I get it. Okay. Um, book of the Bible you find yourself in the most. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. I don't know. I like the book of Acts a lot because it's super exciting. Yeah. It's like yeah. full of action because yeah. it's called Acts. It's like a Liam Neeson yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like moving, moving from one thing to the next. And then probably the gospels, just because I keep trying to think, okay, we got all this theology that's formed um, based on the entirety of the Bible and all of Christian history. But let me just remember, what did Jesus actually say? Mm -hmm. you know, Amen. Like, like what is, what is <laughs> yeah. at the core of mm -hmm. everything I believe? Right. And I remember going through this one season where I was like super shaken in my faith. It mm -hmm. We had just walked through a miscarriage mm -hmm. and everything was like... Mm -hmm. I just felt like, who? what do I even believe anymore? Yeah. And I was so shaken. And so that was a season that I totally just went back to the gospels and clung to the words of Jesus because I was like, I believe you rose from the dead. I know that. Right. And so I'm just going to start with that. And I'm going to come back to what are the things that if he rose from the dead, I can trust him. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just read what he said. Love and it. so I'll, whenever... Whenever I just need a refresh, I always go back to the Gospels to just read the words of Jesus. Mm, yeah. That's good. Um, any hobbies that you have? Well, I am like hobbyless at the moment because <laughs> at the moment at the moment because of a season of life that I'm in. Sure. Um, so I have um, with the transition. Yeah. I think that our lives have felt like we're moving at mock speed right sure. now, mm. and trying to get the kids settled. There we. Have, our three kids are in three different schools yeah. sure. oh <laughs> because of their ages and they're <laughs> in three different sports teams. And so basically my hobby is like an Uber driver. Yeah. <laughs> I drive them all around all afternoon from, from two o'clock till eight thirty at night. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But what I would like to be my hobby yeah. is um, I was really into running oh, before okay. moving here. And then I like all kinds of outdoor activities. I love hiking. Yeah. I love adventures. And so I have this really long bucket list of all these adventures that yeah. I want to do in my life. I've gone skydiving. I want to wow. go like hang gliding, paragliding. Oh, I want to. Oh, cool. I heard at the minister's wives thing that recently happened, you jumped off of the, hot, the, 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 the tall rock. I did. Into the pool. I did. Did a cannonball. <laughs> I got a Starbucks gift card as a prize. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but no, I just, I kind of am a bit of a thrill seeker. And so I have all these places I want to travel to and see the world. And yeah. I like. 
that person. I'm just, I want to do it all. I want to eat all the food. I want to, <laughs> you know, I, I want to hear all the music. I want And so sometimes I can be like a um, enthusiast that way. And I have to like calm myself down. <laughs> but right now my hobby is basically my children. Yeah. <laughs> Going, hobby. Sitting and watching soccer and football. Games. <laughs> I didn't have this on the list, but I got to ask dream vacation. If you could go anywhere in the world for your next vacation, oh, yeah. where would you want to go? Okay, so we were just talking about this last night because Perfect. our 20th anniversary is coming up in May. Okay. And um, some of our very best friends are the people that we started Echo with um, that are now leading Echo. And they are in town right now. And we were, and their anniversary is five weeks before ours. Oh, oh my gosh. We were in each other's weddings and we literally got engaged at the same time and <laughs> planned our weddings around each other. Oh, my gosh. So oh that's cool. I we love say, that. Okay, you have your wedding here, go on your honeymoon, and then we'll have our wedding here <laughs> so that you can be back in time for it. And, um, so we had, we celebrate all of our big anniversaries together. And, um, so we were like, where are we going for our 20th anniversary? Yeah. So, um, normally the other guy, Felipe, he plans the whole thing uh-huh. and we just like show up. Yeah. For you're it. just it's there. Awesome. Just great. He's like the travel travel guide. So I think we're going to do Santa Torini. Oh, Ooh, nice. I think we're going to do oh, it. Yeah. I've never, I've never traveled Europe like at all. Oh. I've been to, um, London, but that's huh. about it in yeah. Europe. And so I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. That oh is gosh. super exciting. I've seen pictures. It's so beautiful. That'll be gorgeous. Yeah. Santa Torini. Last on the rapid fire list for you. Okay. So you can start to breathe easy. <gasps> Any hidden talents, like, like, is there a musical instrument? You're like, I, I play the oboe or like, you know, just anything. Uh, pig Latin. Pig no, Latin. Uh, there that is go. a thing. No, hey. I, uh, I'm trying to think, do I have any hidden talents? Uh, no, not yeah. really. I, um, oh, I can, I can ride horses. Well, that's, that's cool. Hey. Yeah. I grew up with horses. That's cool. And oh. so, um. I love that's to, really cool. Yeah, I do love to ride horses. Yeah, that's, I can't get on. I can't get off. <laughs> no, I love it. So it fits perfectly with your adventurous spirit. Yeah, I was. A, I like playing sports a lot. So I'm kind of athletic. Oh, I like cool. to that's play awesome. soccer, volleyball, run. A favorite sport? Um, well, growing up, I probably soccer. I played cool. soccer the longest, mm-hmm. and. Um, so that's probably my favorite. Nice. That's awesome. I tried to direct all three of my children into soccer. Didn't but take? No. I, they like <laughs> they all played for a year or two, and then they were like, this is too much running. And so my daughter is still playing, though, so mm. I, I have one last hope that you we're going to have a it. soccer player. This is the whole they're individuals thing. They're <laughs> yeah. not all going to play soccer, yeah, right? No, they all find their own way. We've <sighs> Yeah, but they're playing. The boys wanted to play football, and Karis yep. is still going strong with soccer. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stacy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. We're really excited to have you and Andy at Saddleback now, and uh, as we said, over over as as we continue on, we're going to get to know you guys better and better. So um, yeah, we're just really looking forward to this new season. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, thanks for having me. This is great. This is an amazing ministry. So thanks for doing what you do. <laughs> thanks, and we will be uh, back with you and with another new episode, Double Talk next Tuesday. We love you, friends. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. 
And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.